All right, so we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're not going to read the whole chapter again, but before I get to the main text, let me just give you a little bit of a summary of what we've seen. So verse 1 gives us a warning about perilous times coming, and specifically, it's talking about bad guys teaching bad doctrine, is what he warns about. In verse 2 through 7, he describes the type of people that are going to come in and do this thing, teach bad doctrine. That's what's dangerous. Paul's writing this to Timothy. And, it's, and so in verse 8, he says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. It's scary to think that people like this are going to be in churches, but let me tell you, people like this are going to be in churches. They're going to show up in good churches. They're reprobate concerning the faith. And it says, But they shall proceed no further... For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also as theirs was also. And understand, when it comes to these people, they will eventually be revealed. Eventually. But unfortunately, it, their folly is not typically manifest until they've already done a lot of damage. And so we don't want to see that. But the, you know, these people are always going to be exposed for who they are. And it's going to come out in their teaching. There's always going to be bad guys working against the good guys. And so now notice what Paul says here. And this is the part I want us to focus on tonight. Notice what Paul says to help Timothy know that, hey, Timothy, you can trust what I am telling you. And listen to what he says. But thou hast fully known. He's telling Timothy, here's some things that you fully know about me. He said, thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. What does that mean too? Waxing worse and worse. Well, one, I think it means these guys are going to get more and more clever in their deception. But I think two, I think the heresies are going to get worse and worse. And that's part of the perilous times that we're living in. Verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Remember who taught you. He's saying, Paul saying, Timothy, I'm the guy that taught you, and you fully know my doctrine, my manner of life, all these things. And... That from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And while Paul was certainly influential in Timothy's life, he was also blessed to have his mother and grandmother that Paul referred to, who taught him from a child the Holy Scriptures that were able to make him wise unto salvation. Timothy had good people in his life. He had men like Paul that he knew and he knew him well. And his mother and grandmother, obviously he's going to know them well. And they taught him. And Paul told Timothy, you can trust the things that you were taught. And the things that they taught him too were from the Scriptures. And so he closes it out. says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And thankfully, no matter what, we do have a perfect Bible and while there aren't any perfect people, all of us have the ability to figure out what the truth is as long as our ultimate loyalty is to the Scriptures. But sadly, today, 
And I think it's always been this way, but I think, I think we're even worse today, thanks to social media, thanks to the internet. We have a lot of people who would just rather blindly follow someone. In politics, people will often attach themselves to a politician. Whatever he says, that's what I believe. Whatever Trump says about whatever policy, that's what I believe. And that's how some people are. They, they just blindly follow these people. In religion, it's the same thing. People will attach themselves to a preacher. Oh, you know, I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I'm of this guy. I'm of that guy. And no matter what that preacher says, they will go along with what he says because it's just, it's easy. It's just easy instead of studying something, checking up on something, just listening to an influential figure, a reputable figure, maybe somebody who has a large following. And we see that too, that, you know, the bigger the preacher, uh, you know, the, the more people will just blindly follow these guys because they think, look at all these people following them. It must be true. Which is, I think, why a lot of people follow the Catholic Church and follow the Pope. Look how many millions of people respect them. There must be something to it. At least I won't be alone if I follow these people. But sadly, they're going to, you know, they're going to follow these people right into hell in many cases. If they, especially if they're following somebody like the Pope. And so even in the secular world today, we have young people guiding their entire lives based on influencers. I'm so disgusted by this culture and the influencer culture just epic losers who succeeded on instagram or something and they are getting kids to follow everything they do that's why you see the weird hairdos that's why you see the weird clothes clothing styles and things why because people are blindly following an influencer we're not blindly following if guys are getting their hair permed it's because they're blindly following an influencer. There's this, there's no reason to do that. If you're wearing skinny jeans, you're just blindly following people. You're blindly following a crowd. Okay. And, and what, what are girls doing these days? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't keep up with a lot of these things, but that's just how, how people are. They talk, they walk, they act like influencers, singers, Hollywood people. And most of these people are perverts, you know, if not. And, and so if a few big personalities are controlling the thinking of a large portion of our population, and it isn't any different in the independent Baptist world. I mean, it is pretty sad when guys like Jordan Peterson, just because he knows how to say a few things well, how influential he is, even amongst Christians sometimes, to see young men following guys like Andrew Tate. Our, our, you know, I, I watched the interview he did with Tucker Carlson. And, you know, there are a few things that he says that are really good. But you know what? There's a lot of Baptist preachers who not only say those things better, but they also are the whole package and aren't saying some of the stupid stuff at the same time. And so I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, first off, the fact that he has a following shows that, you know, especially for the reasons people follow him, shows that there is an obvious shortage of people speaking the truth about manhood. Uh, and people are hungry for that. I think Baptists just need to be a little more vocal about it because people obviously want to hear the truth about some of these things. But I think, too, the reason he's influential is because there's also a ton of carnality with what he's saying. He's saying things that are good and true, but he's adding the carnality to it, which you know we're not going to do that in the Baptist world. But it is, it's pretty revolting that people are following people like that. But uh, that's, that's our culture. And so they, many people today 
are blindly following people who they cannot say any of the things about them that Timothy could say about Paul. And I want us to talk about these things. I want because I think this is important. What are things we should fully know about someone? And that's the title of my message tonight. You know, I, I titled the message, You Think You Know Somebody. Have you ever heard somebody say that? You know, you think you know somebody. You know, maybe you followed somebody, you trusted them, and then they turned out to be a fraud, they turned out to be a pervert, they turned out to be a crook. And it's like, man, you know, you think you know someone. And I've, I've said that many times with people that I like, preachers that I knew, preachers that I trusted, that I thought were great, and then you find out they're just total frauds. It's very disappointing when, when that kind of thing happens. And, and, you know, we need to watch out for that. And this is why it's very important to be careful who you follow. I think it's important that you're able to say these things that Timothy could have said about Paul. So notice the first thing that he mentioned. Look at what it says in verse um, 14. Or I'm sorry, uh, in verse 10. He says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Hey, notice that you said he said you've fully known my doctrine. Notice he did not say you know, you've known my doctrines. Paul didn't have doctrines, but he did have doctrine. What's the significance of this? And this is important that you get a hold of this. Okay? You might think I'm, this is nitpicking a little bit, but I'm telling you, this is important. Every, you know, every time you see the word doctrines, this was pointed out to me the other day in the Bible, it's always negative. Notice it says, in, I'll just read them real quick. Matthew 15, 9, it says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Mark 7, 7, Howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Colossians 2, 22, Which all are to perish with using after the commandments and doctrines of men. 1 Timothy 4, 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils. Hebrews 13, 9. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. And you say, well, why is that? What, what's even the difference? Why does that even matter? Here's why. In 2 Timothy 2, 15, in this passage, in the same passage, we, we see where he does the famous study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said this before we get to chapter 3. He said, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you rightly divide the Scriptures, you will have consistency in your teaching. You're not going to have teachings. You're going to have teaching. You're not going to have doctrines. You're going to have doctrine. You know why? Because it all fits. We have one book. We have one Lord. We have one faith. And a lot of times people, they, and have you ever known these people? And they frustrate me like crazy where it's kind of, they're kind of like Robert Kennedy politically. Okay? Robert Kennedy will sometimes say things that I'm just like, man, that is really good. And then he says other things that are stupid. And I'm like, there's, not, there's no consistency here. Okay? And obviously the guys, and, and that reveals this guy has a lot of problems. And so I'm not going to get on board with a guy like him just because he has one or two really good things that I like. There's too much inconsistency there. So there's something wrong. There's something very wrong. That's why you don't follow after somebody like Andrew Tate because he says one or two things that you like. 
he's not consistent. He talks about manhood, but he also is a whoremonger himself. How is that? That is not a good thing. That, you know, we ought to respect women. We ought to take care of women. You're not doing that when you are immoral like he is. So there's no consistency there. That reveals something very wrong. And religiously, he's got a real problem. He believes in Islam. So it's like, you know, so obviously things are adding. But then actually when you realize he believes in Islam, now you understand why he doesn't respect women. So, you know, and, you know, same thing, guys like Jordan Peterson, all these people that, that you hear fundamental Baptists even sometimes acting like they're great. You know, the, I mean, the way they promote Donald Trump, worship, you know, worship Donald Trump. Did anybody see that video of a bunch of Jews giving Donald Trump this award? I for, forgot what it was called. It was really creepy. You know, I'm not going to try to quote what they said because I, I can't remember. After church, I'll show you that video. It's very disturbing. It is very disturbing the way they're kind of worshiping this guy. It's like, almost made me think he's the Antichrist or something like that. But it's like, no, yeah, he says some things I like too, but there's things that just are not consistent. They, they don't go together. You know why? Because, let's face it, I get it, we hate Biden, but Trump's not a good guy. And so, he's all over the place. He's got teaching, he's got doctrines, and when you rightly divide... You have doctrine. When you have, when you're in error, you're going to end up with doctrines because there's going to be conflicts in your teaching. And it's frustrating when you see people who can say something so good. Man, I love what they're saying. I love what they're saying in this area. But then they're just a mile off in these other areas. Why? There's something wrong with them. They, they are not consistent in, in what they're doing. And we need to watch out for that. It says in, in 2 Timothy 2.14, it says, of these things, Put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. People who do not rightly divide their teaching... It becomes vain. It's empty. There's no value to it. It's babblings. They're saying a lot of stuff, but they're, they're, they're not consistent. They don't go together. And let me tell you, our Bible is consistent. Our Bible, and I, and I'm not, listen, I get it. There are, we can categorize different doctrines and all that kind of stuff, you know, in the doctrines of, sal- doctrine of salvation, not doctrines of salvation. There's one doctrine of salvation. You know, you can divide it up that way, but at the end of the day, the Bible teaches one thing, and it's consistent throughout there. But man, we do. We don't have consistency, so we can teach all kinds of stuff. And that's really dangerous too, especially when we're living in a world where we're taught that we're all supposed to just agree and get along and everything's a secondary and tertiary issue and stuff like that. You gotta watch, you gotta watch out for that. So Paul, or Timothy was able to say about Paul that he fully knew his doctrine. Paul, I know what you teach. It's right. It's consistent. There's a lot of people out there too who I like. I've, I've heard what they've said on certain things. There's preachers out there. I've heard what they've said on certain things. That sounds pretty good. I like it, but I don't know where they're at on other things. Are they consistent? Same, you know, uh, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, sometimes when it comes to end times, they'll say things that I agree with. And I like that. But you know what? Just because I like what they say in that area doesn't mean I'm not ready to embrace these people. I want to see if there's consistency. 
And you know, I, there's some guys, they'll agree with maybe what I believe about end times, but then they start talking about salvation and they're off by a mile. There's something wrong with them. I'm going to overlook it because I agree with them on end times. No, no, we don't do that. I want to fully know their doctrine. There, there's, there's, I'm, I'm not seeing a consistency here. And so now notice this next part. He said, Thou hast fully known my doctrine. And you, know, you can think you know somebody's doctrine. And you might know somebody's doctrine. You know, there's people that listen to my preaching online. And they probably listen to enough of my stuff that they can feel like, you know what, I fully know Pastor Tommy's doctrine. Okay, but how about my manner of life? Do you know my manner of life? Do you know what I'm like when I'm not in front of the camera? When I'm not behind a pulpit? Do you know what I'm like after church, before church, during the week, when I'm at home? Do you know, actually know my manner of life? So these, these are important things. You know, you should, you should never listen to someone who does not practice what they preach. You know why you shouldn't? Because they are a hypocrite. They're a hypocrite. So you know what? They're not going to have consistency either. They're going to be all over the place. In First and Second Timothy, we do not, I'm going to give you a few examples here, but in, I've preached about this before. I've talked about this a lot. But in First and Second Timothy, you will see that most of Paul's doctrine that he taught was all about behavior. A lot, we've, we've got a lot of people who they think they're super macho Christian because they follow certain doctrines or certain doctrine. I believe the reprobate doctrine. I believe the pre-wrath doctrine. I believe you know, they'll have all these doctrines that they think they're this great Christian because they have these doctrines. But at the same time, if we start talking about... And, and those are just more like intellectual things. Oh, great. You know how to... Maybe identify a reprobate. I mean, there's, there's value in knowing that. Oh, great. You know a little bit about the order of end times, or at least you think you do. You know, or you're pretty sure you do. Great. You know, that, that's a blessing. But how are these things making you a better person? How are they making you a better husband? I mean, is, does knowing the reprobate doctrine, you know, I don't know if that helped my marriage when I learned that. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it hurt it. But, you know, if you are a strong reprobate doctrine guy and you have a crummy marriage, you stink. You know, you need to get you need to figure out how to you know, be a father, how to be a husband. These things are more important. And let me tell you, doctrine is not just about an intellectual position that you have. It is about how you live. It's about your behavior. And who cares what you say? Who cares what you, you can vocalize about your doctrine, what you believe, if you don't live it? Who cares what you say about your dress standards? Who cares if I just get up here and I talk about my, all, all these dress standards that I have, but then I don't practice it? And I'm taking the most hardcore positions. I mean, ladies, they ought to be dragging their skirts four feet behind them. That's how long they should be. That's what I believe, and everybody that believes shorter than that's a liberal. And I have no fellowship with them. And then you see my wife wearing a miniskirt. It's like, sorry, you know, you're a hypocrite. Pardon me if I don't listen to you. Because we ought to have consistency there. And Paul, or Timothy, knew Paul's manner of life. And so beware of those who specialize on scriptures that don't affect behavior and way of life while ignoring the scriptures that do affect behavior and way of life. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 1, verse 3. It says, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some 
that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which men are questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. There's a lot of people, they do, they think they're smart. They think they've learned a few things about the Bible and about the law and they love going and teaching everybody and telling everybody all the things that they know and blessing the world with their wealth of knowledge. But he goes on to say, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Are they practicing those things from the law that they're teaching? Or are they just getting up and talking about all that they know? Knowing this, that a law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murders of fathers and murders of mothers, for manslayers, for harmongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. This is all behavior. This is all behavior. This is not about your position on soteriology. Your stand on the doctrines of grace. Your stand on Abraham's bosom or whatever. It's not about that. This is all about behavior. And look what he said. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Sound doc- what is sound doctrine? Teaching about godliness. Teaching about holiness. Righteousness. About not doing these sins. About how you live. And folks, this is just one example. All throughout First and Second Timothy, we don't have time to go through it, but the doctrine that Paul was talking about was not the doctrines that we typically want to debate. And that we want to, you know, hear people talk about, that we get interested in. It was about behavior, how you live your life. And this is why, this is why it is so important to be in a local church and to be around real life people and not just social media influencers. It's important to observe someone's family. Paul talked about that in 1 Timothy 3 when he's given the qualifications for a bishop. What did he say? You know, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? The last thing you want to do is put a man behind the pulpit and put a man in leadership in the church who does not, who can't even control his family. You want to know why that preacher can't control his family? Because he doesn't have sound doctrine. Oh, wait, yeah, but I heard his position on this. I heard him preach a sermon on this. He brought up a lot of good scriptures. But you know what? I guarantee he's not rightly dividing. I guarantee he's not giving the whole thing. You know why? Because he's not even living it himself. He doesn't really believe it. Anybody can get up here and repeat certain facts. Somebody can hang around here long enough that they can get up and they could repeat what we say about salvation and they can do that without even really believing in it. But that's not going to be effective. And what's, what's more effective, what's better, is a person who's preaching the truth and who, li- who believes the truth and lives that truth. And so understand, just because you have accepted a certain doctrine, you have put an intellectual, you've, you have an intellectual position about something, but it's not enough to actually affect how you live your life, then you, know, you don't really have that doctrine. And so, who cares what you say about what you believe if you don't actually practice it? And why is it that we always see this theme of people 
who are like these hardcore online followers. They've taken hardcore positions against the Sodomites, against whatever, yet they don't know how to live life. You know why? Many of these people are not in a local church. And did you know, in order for you to understand my doctrine fully, especially about behavior, how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to live life, you need to observe someone's life to fully understand their doctrine. And, and so understand too, you know, communication, it, it, it's, it's important, Commun- it, but communications can sometimes be difficult. There's a lot of little details that are hard to explain and hard to verbalize. And what's one of the best ways to learn how to do something? I could get up here and I could read a manual to somebody about how to fix something in a car, but that doesn't mean after you hear what I say, that's 100% true, that you're going to know how to fix a car. Sometimes we need to actually see it played out. We need to actually go and look and see what a, you know, a carburetor looks like or an alternator or something I just got fixed in my van. You know, you have to actually see what those things look like. And, I, and I'm not even going to try to get up here and explain anything with a car because I don't know what I'm talking about. But a lot of preachers are real good at getting up again and reading from a textbook, stealing somebody's notes and saying a lot of good things but they don't understand it. You know why? Because it's obvious because they're not even doing it in their life. And I'm telling you, knowing someone's doctrine and manner of life, that tells you a lot. That tell, that's going to tell you if you can trust that person because no one should trust a hypocrite. No one should trust someone who is not sincere. And, and so it helps to watch someone. It helps to see them go through hard times. It helps to observe their daily life. And so some of the famous teachers, you know, in recent years who've taught some great things that sounded great, turned out to be frauds. I've seen this so many times in my life. People who taught a lot of great things turned out to be frauds. And you know what? It was always evident. It became evident by their way of life. Turned out they were perverts. Turned out they had all these personal issues. Their marriages were falling apart. They're getting, getting divorced, all these different things. And, you know, it, it, that happens with big names all the time. A lot of these big name people that millions and, of people are following out there in the religious world, they turn out to be frauds. And some of these people talk good stuff. Some of them. And so I'm here to tell you, just watch out, you know, completely trusting and giving your life to someone when you don't fully know their doctrine. Yeah, but I like their personality. I like that video I saw. I like that program. No, you need to fully know their doctrine and manner of life. And those two things should go together. They should go together. And so, Paul's was consistent. Paul had a way of life that was consistent with what he taught. When it comes to my doctrine, there are many areas of doctrine, especially concerning behavior, where I am not as hardcore as many other independent fundamental Baptists. I'm not. I think sometimes people take certain things too far. They go even beyond what the Bible says. But at the same time too, my doctrine also matches up with my manner of life. And you know what I I have found out so many times in my life when people do take things too far in their doctrine, typically it doesn't line up with their manner of life. 
And that means they're, they're, it's because they're a hypocrite. And so they need to be the same. Do you know that? The person that you're listening to, do you know that their doctrine and manner of life are consistent? That's a really good sign when they are. I've known people who I think are too liberal in certain areas, yet they seem to be decent people. They're accomplishing things for God. They turn out good families. And you know what you'll typically find out with them? Their doctrine and their manner of life was the same. And I have known many people over the years who did. They had the most hardcore positions. They were the most mouthy people. They were the most judgmental people. I mean, whatever you, whatever subject you brought up, they were going to one-up you and whatever their standard was, whatever their position was. But you know what? They didn't live it at home. Their doctrine and their manner of life did not go together and they turn out bad kids every time. They need to be consistent. You would be better off taking a more liberal position. You just, you need to take a consistent position. Your doctrine and manner of life need to go together. Never trust someone whose doctrine and manner of life does not go together. There was a preacher that I knew. I didn't know this until after he died. But this preacher, he was one of the, he was known for like preaching the hardest against women in pants. He would preach hard against that. He was known as a mean preacher. When I knew him, he was a lot older. He mellowed out a lot and stuff. But he, he preached hard against stuff. He would rip on women wearing pants all the time. And his wife wore pants. And everybody knew it. And it was just like, I remember I saw him one time. We were, we were at a meeting and they were at the hotel. And I, I had heard rumors. And I'm like, no, there's no way. But I had heard, yeah, his wife wears pants. Even though he preached the way he does. And sure enough, he came down for breakfast. And there she was. Like, I guess it's true. Yeah, you know, and so it's just like, I had some trust issues with that individual after that. I like what he was preaching from the pulpit. But I didn't like what he was preaching in his life. And these things need to go together. So the third thing that Paul mentioned that he fully knew was his purpose. Okay, this, this is important too. Okay, Because it's like, why are people preaching what they're preaching? Some people are preaching certain things that are right because they want to stay in the club that they're in. It's not a conviction for them. They don't really mean it. It's just... It's convenient for them. There's guys who've taken over churches that are King James only. And so that pastor, he doesn't know if he believes it or not. You know, he's maybe on the fence. But he goes along because that's the church's position. But then he goes to Trendy Fest and takes a class on how to transition your church from the King James. And then he ends up doing that, that kind of thing too. And understand, it's important that we know what someone's purpose is. Why are they serving the Lord? You know, there, why, there are some people who are in the ministry for the wrong reasons. We see in 2 Peter 2, 1, it says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and shall bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Notice the motivation of these false prophets. They're trying to make merchandise of people. Now, what is, what is motivating your teacher? Why are you around someone? And observe their life. Why, why, would, why would you give your life to someone that you don't really know? You don't really understand their purpose. When you're around someone, when you observe their life, you will figure out while they're, while they're doing it. You'll figure out if they're doing it because they love the Lord 
or if they love money. And you know what? I, I will never take a stand against not paying the preacher well. Uh, I did, that, would, that would not suit me one bit. But at the same time, I've known some preachers out there that are making some really good money. I mean, they're doing very well. And you know, and you see that, and hey, if the church just loves their preacher and wants to be a blessing to him, you know what? Congratulations, good for him. But at the same time, too, it makes me wonder sometimes what his motivation is. You know, you do. You, you got to wonder about that. Now, I hope by now I've kind of proved people that I'm not in this for the money. I, I hope I've proved that by now. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe because I don't act poor. You know, people. Don't, but you know what? If you're suspicious, I'll gladly let you all see my bank account. <laughs> I'll, glad, I'll gladly let you do that sometime. Uh, and if, if you're ever worried, if you really think I think you're in this for the money, Pastor Tommy, I'll let you take a look. All right, before, before we lose you and we lose your tithe, I'll let you take a look, okay? Because uh, I'm, not, I'm not worried about what you'll see. You know, the only thing I've ever been worried about, if people found out all my financial business, that they just make fun of me. <laughs> because for, cause there's, just, there's nothing, nothing real exciting there. But, un, you know, and understand, it is a dangerous thing to publicly criticize one's motives uh, when you don't, uh, you know, maybe don't understand what all is going on. But, you know, it's also dangerous to ignore what you're seeing with your own eyes. And you are capable of observing someone and figuring out what their motivations are. You're, you're, you're capable of doing that. And again, if you're, if you're suspicious about something, don't, go, don't just go telling everybody and planting seeds of doubt in people's mind. That, that'd be wicked to do something like that. But if you are seeing something that you think, you know, you would like addressed, you have every right to ask. You have every right to check. And you won't have any problem finding out those things in this church. Because it's important that you know my purpose. As a pastor, as a teacher, as a spiritual leader, you ought to, you ought to be able to say, I fully know Pastor Tommy's purpose. I believe he's sincere. He loves the Lord. He has the best interest of the people in his church. He wants to win the lost. You ought to be able to say that with confidence and you should be able to figure that out because I've got good doctrine. I know his doctrine. I hear what he preaches and there's consistency to it. There's consistency to what he's preaching. Even if I don't 100% agree with something that he preaches, his, it's still consistent with what he teaches. And that, there, there's many people out there. I don't agree with everything they preach, but there's also a consistency and it, it's the same thing too when it comes to preachers and personality. I enjoy crazy personalities from Baptist preachers. Typically, I am, you know, I am drawn towards the crazy ones. Okay? I, I, you know, I, I, but at the same time too, the crazy ones I like are the ones that I think come by their craziness honestly. And there are there are some characters out there that are extreme personalities extreme characters but i've also been around them enough to know hey that preacher preaches like a maniac because he is a maniac that's just who he is <laughs> and so i am fine with that god can use a maniac if the, if the maniac loves the lord right but then there's other preachers out there they act exactly like this other maniac but i've also been around them too and they're not a maniac <laughs> you know they're putting on a show that's repulsive that is repulsive. It would be 
I mean, just imagine if I just got up here today and I just started preaching exactly like Tony Hudson. That would be repulsive. He is from Tennessee. I am from Illinois. I mean, we, I, I, I'm not like that. And I get it. But I see him, man, he's really entertaining people with all that stuff. And I'm just out there, you know, cracking all the jokes he does and, hey, man, you know, and stuff like that after I say something, you know. It's just not going to work. I haven't got the look. I haven't got the accent. I haven't, I haven't got the personality. And there's nothing more repulsive than just watching a guy get up and pretend to be somebody that he's not. And you got to worry about people like that. And so understand, when we observe somebody, we'll figure these things out. We'll figure out what their, what their doctrine, their manner of life, their purposes. How about their faith? He says, another thing Paul said, you know my faith. Hebrews 12.1 says, after it goes through the hall of faith, after it goes through all these people and it gives examples, Abraham showed faith, Sarah showed faith, Deborah, Gideon, Barak, it goes through its name and all these people, stories that they are able to look back and said, you know, they did all these great things by faith. And then in Hebrews 12.1, it says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What are they talking about? People like the ones he had spoken of in chapter 11 people who did great things through their faith, he said, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so while everyone has what they need for examples of faith in the Bible, we have men like Abraham. Did you know it's also important that you have individuals in your life who have shown great faith? And it helps to watch someone live out faith. And to live out doctrine. There's a lot of preachers out there that travel around telling their inspirational stories about the great faith that they showed. Hey, great. I'm fine with hearing an inspirational story. But at the same time, too, I would rather see an inspirational story. I would rather watch somebody go through a difficult time. I I would rather watch someone go through a great challenge and a great trial. My uncle, who's preached here before, when he took over the church... Uh, that he pastored for over, uh, I think, 35 years he pastored there. Uh, and he's still a member of that church. He's an evangelism out of that church. But when he took that church, it was a real battle. It was real difficult. He went through some very hard times. The people in the church were not supporting him. I mean, he even had to break up a fight one time in the parking lot. I mean, it, it, got, it got ugly. He's got a bunch of stories he could tell about it. But I remember during that time, his son uh, almost died from, uh, he had a ruptured appendix, Almost died, was in the hospital for months. I mean, it was a very difficult time. I remember going down there and visiting during that time. But after that happened, after he went through that horrible trial with his family, and, and you know, thank God, uh, his son ended up getting through and fine, and you know, is, is still here today, you know, serving the Lord, has a wife and kids. But understand, after he went through that trial, everything changed in that church. You know why? Because when the people in that church who were working against him and weren't supporting him, they saw his faith. They saw how he reacted and responded in a trial. It changed everything in that church. And that is a very effective thing. It's important that you have people in your life who you get to see go through a hard time and go through faith. A lot of times people, they bail. When, you know, when a pastor is going through a hard time, when things get difficult. No, you need to watch. You need to observe. There are preachers that I know who I've watched go through difficult times and I watch, I observe what they did. Why? Just for one, 
in case I ever have to go through something like that. And I thank God for those who've gone through these trials, who've gone through these difficulties, and they, they did good. And God has blessed them and God has used them greatly. And Timothy, without a doubt, saw Paul show great faith many times. He watched his life. He observed what he did. And so Timothy knew he could trust the things that Paul's telling him to do. We see in James chapter 2, Abraham is an example that the Bible always uses. It says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was his faith made perfect. And we understand that's not about salvation. This is about how he was called a friend of God. This was an example of a righteous man showing great faith. And he's an example to all of us. This is a story we can look back at from the scriptures and say, this is somebody who showed great faith. And let me, it is a blessing when you have people in your life who you can look at and say, I've seen that person's faith. I've watched them go through hard times. I've watched them go through difficulties. I've watched them trust God in difficult situations. And God has used them. God has blessed them. God's got them through it. That says a lot. That means a lot. Not many people have that kind of thing. And let me tell you, you especially don't have that thing just through the Internet. And I, I, I'm thankful for people who watch us online and encourage us. They are they're, they're a blessing to me. I appreciate, I appreciate them. But just, boy... Everybody needs to have someone in their life that they can actually observe their manner of life. Observe their faith. Observe their long-suffering. Paul also said in Ephesians 4.1, says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, a lot of people that are out there, one of the reasons you know, you're nervous about them sometimes is because they are benefiting greatly from the ministry, from their position. But when you see that person who's faithful and long-suffering, they'll go through hard times and they'll, they'll fight through those difficulties. They'll stay faithful. And not even just long-suffering with things in their personal life, but being long-suffering with people. They'll put up with people. They're not just throwing everybody out of the church at the drop of a hat. They're putting up with stuff. They're giving people a chance to grow. What does that, t- that, what does that tell you? That tells you that, hey, these people are looking out for the interests of others, not just their own interests. That's what that tells you, and it shows that you can trust them. When you see them, you know, it, it shouldn't bring you comfort to see me throwing everybody out of the church and just creaming everybody. It ought to give you comfort when I'm being patient with people and I'm giving people a chance because that'll tell you, hey, if I ever have a need, if I'm ever going through a difficult time, if I ever mess up, Pastor Tommy probably isn't going to try to cast me aside. He'll probably actually try to help me and he'll be willing to work with me. And it helps when you can see somebody do that. And Timothy knew that about Paul. He fully knew his doctrine, his manner of life, his faith, his long suffering, his charity. Paul also mentioned charity. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And understand, if a person does not have charity, if they do not have a genuine love for people, it's because something is greatly missing in that person's life. There's something very wrong 
This is above, I mean, charity is one of the most important things that we ought to have. It's more important than, you know, knowing all prophecies. It's important. It's more important than having all knowledge. If you don't have, if somebody doesn't have charity, if they don't love people, there's something wrong with them. You ought to watch out for them. Hey, I mean, people who watch on, like, you don't know if I love you. And it, you know, it's hard to love people that you don't really know personally. It's hard. I mean, I think you can to a certain extent. I think, you know, I by default am loving towards people. But, you know, I do tend to love people I know in person a little bit more. You know, just because you actually know the person. And it's good to actually see that and observe that. I always love when people talk about how loving they are and they talk about how they love their wife and their kids and their mom and dad. Well, something's really wrong if you don't love those people. That's not impressive. You know, the love that's impressive is, is loving others. It's loving your neighbor. It's loving your enemies. It's loving people that are pain in the necks. Again, you know, I mean, you know, there's some rotten kids out there, okay? Some of ours are and have been pretty rotten. But again, everybody expects you to put up with them. And you do, because you're kids. It's just, it's natural to do that. But you know, with other people, it's a lot easier to just cast them aside and get rid of them and all that. But, you know, that shouldn't be going on. We ought to have that love. And when you could observe somebody do that, that tells you a lot. He mentions patience. Patience is another thing he mentioned. In 1 Timothy 3.3, when it's going through the qualifications of a bishop, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Patience is a very important thing to have it goes along with long suffering but it's 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 you know it's kind of has its own things too we don't have a lot of time to spend on all of these but patience is important somebody who they can they're they're capable of waiting on the lord they're capable of remaining faithful to something that they believe god wants them to do willing to be patient and to wait for the results willing to continue doing the right thing even if they're not seeing the results we ought, listen, we all want results when it comes to things. We want results when we go out soul winning. We want to have people saved. We want to see visitors. We want to see the church grow. We want to see all these things. But you know what? Are we going to keep doing it even when we're not seeing those things right away? It's important that we do. It's important that we keep it going. You know, if, if everybody, if, if soul winning always filled the church up, then everybody would do it all the time. But it doesn't. It doesn't always do it. We've got to have patience. And we got to keep doing it anyway. And so then notice the next thing that he mentioned that he fully knew. It says, I was fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Watching what somebody does doing persecution and afflictions and deliverance is all very important. And think about this. Paul's the one writing this. Remember in Acts chapter 9 and verse 26, shortly after he got saved, remember how the disciples were nervous about letting him in? It says that when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. And you can kind of understand, hey, this is the guy that was persecuting us. Are we sure he's one of us? It says, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them 
how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And so it helped a little bit when Barnabas said something. But then keep reading. And he was was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they came, uh, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. You know what convinced them that he was their brother? When they were, when he saw, they saw people trying to kill him. When they saw him, wait a minute, he's not just messing with us. He's going through persecution. He almost got himself killed preaching the truth. You know what? I think he really got it. I think he really is one of us. That Those persecutions that he went through, it revealed to the disciples, Paul is in fact one of us. And un- understand, many people, as soon as the persecution comes, they're gone. You know, uh, that, that uh, seed that goes in the stony ground, when the persecutions come, they wither away. They're not fruitful. And I'm telling you, you learn a lot by watching somebody when they deal with persecution. And, and I'm talking about dealing with persecution. You know, not somebody who's just necessarily... Some people love attention. Some people love controversy. But no, I'm talking about real persecution. I'm talking about those who are actually suffering, that are suffering loss. Some people, you know, they, they do pretty good, you know, with persecution. You know, again, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but you know... Uh, yeah, I, I like I like Kyle Rittenhouse, but he's also gotten very rich <laughs> from the persecution that he went through. He's gotten he's gotten very rich from that, and so you know, in the future, I don't know that I would necessarily trust everything the guy says. He's probably got you know big people wanting to use him, prop him up. Either way, he got rich off the persecution that he went through. So, and, and I'm glad. He won the lawsuits and everything. I, I don't think he deserved to be in trouble. But he won't be somebody that I necessarily trust with my life. Okay, And, and uh, same thing, the one Sandman kid that faced off of the Indians sued CNN. They'll probably use him as like a spokesperson, put him out there. But he got rich off that too. People are getting millions off these things. But what about people who lost everything and yet they keep going? Those are the ones that you ought to pay attention to. Not the ones that get famous, not the ones that get rich. And there we do. We've got we've got a lot of professional victims out there today that have benefited greatly from being a victim. Watch out for those people. Okay? Watch out for those people. But pay attention to the people who suffer, who suffer loss, who get hurt, and yet they keep going, even though they gain nothing from it. And you know what? You have to have those people in your life. If you know about them from the internet, it's probably because they're getting famous from those things. So you don't really know yet. People in your life, you ought to have somebody like this. It is, it, it's sad to, to listen to people. I, I heard somebody a while back, they were, they were asked about preachers that were influential in their life. And everyone that they named were internet figures. All of them. It's like, have you not had any people in your personal life? You have nobody in your personal life that's been an influence and an impact. Just internet people. That's sad. Maybe it's, it might be true. It might be true. But I'm thinking about all the people I've had in my life. People I fully knew their doctrine, their manner of life, their purpose, their patience, their long-suffering, their charity, their persecutions, afflictions, all those things. That, that's valuable. That's very important. And so... 
Paul didn't, he didn't want them to be confused and to think something was wrong with him too, because he was persecuted. He said, you saw that persecution I went through, but out of it all, the Lord delivered me. But understand, he mentioned uh, in 2 Timothy 1.16, the Lord gave mercy in the house of Vanessa Force, for he offered fresh me and was not ashamed of my chain. You know, there was, there was shame in being friends with Paul because it probably meant you weren't going to get fame, you were going to get persecution, might get in trouble. But this man, he wasn't ashamed of that. And understand, watching people go through things and actually suffer, that, that tells you a lot. We need to have people like that in our life. And so, uh, understand, you might think you know somebody. You, you think you know somebody from what you see online. You think you know something, you know somebody from what you see on social media. But you know what? God gave the church for a reason. God gave pastors for a reason. God gave, God gave us each other for a reason because we all need to have these things because these things are too important for us to be getting deceived, led up a creek. And God has provided the things that we need in His church to help us along the way. And so, if you want to get to know somebody, it does. It helps being around them in church, working with them, working alongside them, being around them, visiting them in their home. Those things will tell you what you need to know and, and I, I, I believe it will make a huge difference in your life. So, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help to, buy, to everybody. I pray, Lord, you'll help uh, me be this kind of uh, person to the people here. I pray you help the people here to be this way for each other. I pray that we'll have a life that is consistent with the things that we teach. I pray you'll help us to uh, follow after uh, the people that you have put in our life. Help us not to do like the world, just go following after uh, social media influencers and television personalities and radio commentators like so many people in this world are today, but we'll uh, follow the things that you have provided for us through your church. In your name we pray. Amen.